0: superman forever radio episode 121 superboy's best friend pete ross rocketed from a distant planet to a bold new destiny on earth found by a kansas family and raised as clark Kent, he learned he possessed the strength of steel the speed of light and the desire to help all mankind he is superboy Hello and welcome to the Superman Forever radio podcast. My name is Bob Fisher. This is a show where I talk about Superman from 1938 to present day. Well, (laughs) almost present day. Uh, As regular listeners will let you know, or they may not let you know, but I'll let you know, regular listeners will know that I've kind of given up on modern comics for a while. Current run is not doing much for me, so... Finding my joy in back issues. Yay for back issues. So here we are. This is an alternate uh, episode, as I've been doing now for a little while. uh, Bringing Superboy into the Superman Forever radio podcast. Now, when I say Superboy, of course, I mean Superman when he was a boy. And again, no offense to the clones or John in the current continuity. Uh, But this, when I say Superboy, I mean Superman when he was a boy. Every so often, sometimes every other episode, I'm going to dedicate it to that Superboy. Now, this one was a really tough but fun episode to put together. And by put together, I mean reading a lot of comic books and thinking about it. (laughs) But uh, uh, this one was kind of a fun one to put together because, and it was difficult, because I love the character of Pete Ross. And we're going to talk about Pete Ross today. But I love this character. Uh, And it's Superboy's best friend. And usually when I talk about a subject, regardless of what it is, I'll pick a comic to come, you know, not necessarily back it up or verify what I was saying or anything. But just as an example of uh, of the character that became really difficult to pick one because uh, Pete Ross is a great character. And there's so many really good stories. It, it got to be where, gee, I'd like to talk about all of them. Wow. And why am I putting it out uh, today? Why did it come out today? Why am I doing it today? Because my good friend Dave McIlviny, hi Dave, reminded me online and Facebook that uh, uh, traditionally, according to DC, January 21st is the birthday of Pete Ross. So Pete and I have something in common, mine is the 22nd, his is the 21st, I'm actually older than him by about 8 years. <laughs> uh, his first appearance was in Superboy 86 and came out in uh, uh, the end of 1960, has a cover date of uh, uh, January 61. But we'll get into that in a little bit, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but Feist. Now, Pete Ross was not Superboy's first best friend ever. Uh, they actually brought several friends that were supposed to be friends and that Superboy had a great time with being his friends. I think there were six or seven attempts where they would uh, have uh, someone new in Smallville and he became Superboy's friend several times. The most recent before Pete Ross, or the last one before Pete Ross, was a character named Freddie Shaw. And uh, he was incredibly popular, which is probably why we have Pete Ross. Freddie was really, really popular, but he was a it was a one and done episode where he died at the end after being superboy 's best friend. It was very sad now this happened quite a bit in the Silver Age. There were some sadness they did some sad stories in the silver Age, and for it 's kind of weird because it seems like a lot of the sad stories that I remember right off the top of my head anyway. Uh, were in Superboy or adventure comics. Now, maybe that's because that's what I've been reading lately and that's what I'm into uh, for the show and and enjoying, you know, all of that. So, Freddy was very popular and I think Mort Weisinger, editor at the time, got a lot of email, a lot of feedback about Freddy and how great he was because uh, four to six months later, we have Superboy number 86, which was Pete Ross's first appearance. Uh, this is interesting. Well, to me, <laughs> to me. Uh, Pete was uh, created by Leo Dorfman, George Papp, and Robert Bernstein. Now, Leo Dorfman, coincidentally enough, did the last the last episode that uh, we did, talking about Action 305s, Why Superman Needs a Secret Identity, was also written by Leo Dorfman. Leo Dorfman did quite a few stories back in this time period. And George Papp, the artist, was very famous. In fact, I, I can't think off the top of my head a Superman story that George Papp did. Superboy, tons of Superboy stories during the late 50s through the 60s. George Papp was probably the main Superboy Artist Now, in adventure comics, of course, there'd be one Superboy story and a Legion story, or one Superboy story and something else. In the old days, it was uh, Aquaman or Green Arrow or something when uh, adventure was an anthology comic. But as we're now into this part of the 60s, Superboy uh, still has two or three 8 to 12 page stories in it, all Superboy. Adventure had moved on to now was we're we're into the Legion era, but Superboy is still the main guy with a Legion backup story that'll flip pretty soon to where the Legion becomes the main story and Superboy the backup story. But anyway, there were there were several attempts to bring uh, a friend to Superboy, with Pete Ross now being very successful after Freddie Shaw. He probably got a lot of email. He more got a lot of email about how great it would be if Superboy had not it, is too bad that Freddy died. So then we see Pete Ross make his appearance in Superboy 86, uh, December uh, release date of 1960, or October, November, I think. I forgot what it said. But it has a cover date of January, 1961, written by Leo Dorfman. Now, I'm not going to go into detail, but... Uh, It's very interesting because what I really want to do, and like I normally do for this, is when I babble about a particular topic regarding Superman or Superboy, I'll then pick a comic and talk about it. Again, not to, uh, you know, validate or back up anything, but as an example of what I was probably talking about. In this case, we're talking about Superboy's best friend, Pete Ross, and... I can't think of a bad Pete Ross story I I looked and I've read a ton of them over the last period here and uh, we we get into his first appearance which was very interesting in fact his first appearance was like this he shows up in Smallville as high school and his very first appearance very first panel he's um, coming to Clark's defense as he's being bullied by a couple of Uh, school bullies and Pete Ross just really takes care of the situation (laughs) kind of a la George Reeves you know back of the scruff of the neck bumping their heads together almost but you know Clark is very appreciative and Pete you know and they become kind of friendly and uh, Clark you know he eventually invites Pete over to the house to meet Ma and Pa Kent and they have a dinner together And then you find out that Pete is kind of an amateur detective, which starts to worry Clark a little bit because every time he bumps into Pete after that, whether as Superboy or as Clark Kent, Pete is either asking interesting questions or taking measurements, plaster cast of the footprints, all of this kind of stuff. And it looks like he's trying to figure out who Superboy is. And Clark is very worried about this, uh, obviously. And many things happen. Events happen uh, all of the time while while Pete is um, collecting his data. And one evening, Pete gives Clark a little call and says, Clark, come on over. uh, Something interesting. And and Clark, a little worried, but he goes over to Pete's house. And when he gets there, he sees up on the wall in Pete's room a big kind of two pictures, two posters up there. One of Superboy, one of Clark Kent, and they each have all their measurements. There's the foot. There's all of the stuff that Pete has been gathering, To basic, and it basically shows that Clark and Superboy are very close. There's a lot they have in common. So, uh-oh. And then Pete hands Clark a Superboy costume mm-hmm. and says, here, go put this on. All right, so Clark goes in the other room, and man, is he just—he's thinking, "This is it. This is it. What am I going to do now?" Pete has figured it out. My secret identity is blown. What am I going to do? I can't. So, but he goes ahead and puts their costume on, keeps his glasses on, keeps his hair combed as Clark, and slouches or whatever, and walks out. And Pete says, "I knew it. I knew it. Perfect." And Clark is about to whatever, and he takes his glasses off, and he's about to just say, "Okay, you figured it out," or whatever. And Pete says, you will be perfect to play Superboy in the school play. What? (laughs) Right. Pete has no idea Superboy is Clark Kent, and that was not his plan at all. He's the casting director or something for the school play. And then we see here finally a picture of Clark being held up by the Uh, The rope in the play wearing a Superboy costume and Pete behind the curtain talking to Ma and Pa Kent, telling them how proud they must be of Clark. And they're thinking, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I still think it was kind of, uh, you know, uh, a little weird for Clark to actually play Superboy and put the costume on. That's a little too on the nose, a little too meta there, but pulled it off, apparently. So that was Pete's first appearance in comics. And everybody thought and you we thought right up to the end practically, this is it. We thought just like Superboy did, Pete had figured it out. So that was one, and I'm thinking, well now do we talk about that issue? Or what about the one of the most, you know, famous issues of Pete Ross, which happened just like three or four issues later, uh, in Superboy number ninety, where Pete finds out in some of the most famous panels of all time, where Pete finds out who Superboy really is. Not going to go into the whole story, but basically, uh, they go into a they go to a camping they're camping together. Clark thinks uh, Pete is asleep. He uses his uh, supervision. He sees that there's a problem needs to be taken care of. He gets up and under you know the darkness. He thinks he can get away with it. And while he's changing to Superboy, a bolt of lightning and thunder flash. Wake up, Pete, and he sees Clark changing to Superboy and flying off. Pete can't believe it. So he just lays there and waits, and of course, Superboy comes back. Pete's pretending to be asleep, but kind of watching out of the corner of his eye that, yes, there's Superboy now coming back, changing to Clark, and slipping back into his uh, bunk, into his sleeping bag. And that's where Pete Ross finds out that Clark is Superboy, and during that issue... To really figure it out and this is a terrific issue because then pete says to himself wow my best friend is superboy and that's amazing and he needs to check so he does a little more investigating because pete is still you know an amateur detective so pete does some investigation he finds the tunnel leading back to the kent's house he goes through the tunnel as he sees superboy leave he goes in it and follows the tunnel back to the Kent's basement where he sees and raises and he sees Ma Kent dusting or cleaning the Superboy robots. This is amazing. So Pete decides that he's not going to tell Superboy. He's not going to tell anybody that he knows. But in fact, he's going to keep the secret and help Clark slash Superboy whenever he can uh, secretly. He even has a Superboy costume made and a mask, which will come in uh, in a second, for those times that he may have to help Superboy do something. And now there are two famous panels, one of Superboy changing to Clark and the other one him coming back, or vice versa, Uh, Clark changing to Superboy flying off and the lightning storm and uh, uh, coming back. Those two panels have been reprinted almost every time after this issue where Pete Ross is mentioned, There'll be an editor's note, Pete Ross knows Superboy's secret identity, uh, and they show these two panels. Terrific, terrific panels. And these panels have been reproduced, by the way, uh, by both Al Plastino and Kurt Swan when they were doing Superboy stories and uh, uh, redrew these two panels. So amazing. So George Papp becomes very famous, as um, Leo Dorfman does. Everybody, I'm sure you all know Leo Dorfman's name. (laughs) You don't? Hmm. So there's a couple right there. That's the two first and you think, wow, that's, that's a, those are his two first appearances. Yes. Those are his two first appearances. One where you think he's discovering Superboy's identity, but he's not. And the second one where he kind of stumbles onto it, but keeps it a secret. Just, just terrific. So I was thinking, no, I don't want to talk that story in detail or the other story in detail. Well, there are a couple that I do want to talk a little bit more about in detail. And uh, the next one that we're going to talk about is one of those, and it's Superboy number 94. So, again, we got 86, 90, 94. So, every fourth issue has a Pete Ross story in it for this time period. And I'm thinking, wow, he didn't really like this Pete Ryan. And eventually, he just becomes, he's he's as, as, uh, He's there as much as Lana or anyone else is. He's part of the regular cast now of Chief Parker, Lana Lang, Mon Kent, Crypto, Pete Ross. They're all there. All of them are there now. And with issue 94, I'm going to talk a little bit more in detail in a second because it's just one of my favorite covers. I love the cover to Superboy number 94. Shows Pete Ross changing to Superboy, putting a Superboy mask on. He's got the Superboy costume. And behind the fence, hiding behind the fence, watching it, is Clark Kent. And the dialogue is something to the effect of Clark thinking, wow, my friend Pete Ross is Superboy. Wow. That kind of thing. And we're going to talk about uh, uh, Superboy number 94 in a little more detail in just a second. the great hall of the Justice League. There are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Superman. Always a pleasure to be of service to the law. Wonder Woman. Finished. Now let's bring the world back to normal. Batman. Well, Professor Baffles has evidently lost his baffling power. Aquaman. The jet nozzle is buried in the sea bottom. The jet stream is stopped! And those three junior super friends, Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog. Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. Join Mike Sumo on the Man of Steel Podcast, as coverage of super friends and its many incarnations begins in March at www. Two, two. Superboy number ninety four came out almost a year to the day of Pete Ross's first appearance. Came out this one came out uh, late nineteen sixty one has a cover date of January nineteen sixty two. So one year practically to the day of Pete Ross's first appearance comes Superboy number ninety four. And we're talking here about Pete Ross plus the Superboy Revenge Squad. The Superboy Revenge Squad, yes. There's a, uh, a, a uh, an organization <laughs> that uh, whose goal is to uh, destroy Superboy. Now, it started with the Superman Revenge Squad, uh, but that was not uncommon actually. That something that appeared in uh, Superman was then uh, kind of retrofitted or. Something, I forget what it's, what do you want to call it? But they would uh, then have it show up earlier in his life uh, when he was Superboy. So the Superboy Revenge Squad, and I think on a little side note here, as far as the timey-wimey stuff goes in Superman, Superboy, well, in DC Comics as a whole, it's almost like um, the different timelines are running simultaneously next to each other. Uh, it, it, it's very weird. It's almost like you could hear Superboy in the uh, in the 20th century say stuff about the Legion of Superheroes or something in the 31st century or the 30th back then and say, uh, gee, I wonder what's going on there now. <laughs> well, nothing. It hasn't happened yet. It's, you know, a thousand years into the future. But when you're a being, I guess, that can uh, fly through the time barrier under your own power, you know. That's, I guess it would seem like timelines are all the same and they're all running consecutively, right? Not consecutively, but, but parallel to each other at the same time. So, but anyway, we're back to number 94, Superboy number 94. We're talking about the Revenge Squad a little bit here, but not much, just that they exist. Again, Superboy 94 uh, um, came out late 61, early 62 cover date, January 62 cover date. And the writer, I couldn't find. I looked several sources, including Mike's Amazing and a few other places, CBR and a few other places, and couldn't find who wrote this. But it is obviously drawn by George Pap. And here, we'll just get into it. We'll just, we'll just get right on into the story. You know, one day in school, uh, gym class, uh, they're climbing the ropes in gym class, and Clark pretends like he's stuck at the top of the rope and he's scared to come down. And So Pete climbs up and out of the rope, grabs Clark, and they climb down together. And they're both thinking, you know, uh, their own personal thoughts because Superboy is saying, oh, that's great, Pete. Thanks. You have no idea who you're saving. And Pete is thinking, wow, here's my friend Clark Kent. If only everybody knew that he was really Superboy. So Yeah, so neither one of them know the other one knows yet. And, of course, Lana was there to witness it and makes fun of Clark and all. But also, as Pete is climbing down with Clark holding on to Pete around his neck and Pete's climbing down... He flashes back and and as he's talking, and as I mentioned before, every time Pete Ross shows up, they're going to flash back to that night at the campsite where he realized that Clark and Superboy are one and the same. And we see those panels again. And again, not just reprinted, but redrawn. Thank you very much. Not like today, where they'll just do a cut and paste. So after school, Clark and Pete go back to the Kent's house, and they're about to do something. And they talk to Ma Kent, and they're about to do stuff. When uh, the lamp in the living room starts to blink on and off, on and off. And Pete notices it and says, hey, there must be a fuse or something or must be something wrong with that. And then it dawns on Pete that that might be some sort of signal because of the way Clark and Ma Kent are acting. So Pete, realizing as he's looking at the lamp and maybe trying to fix it, realizes that this must be a signal or something that needs Clark and Superboy's attention. So, thinking quickly, Pete takes off his watch and drops it and acts as if it was broken, thinking to himself, it's not really broken, it's shockproof, but I need an excuse to leave. So he does, which allows Clark to change into Superboy and fly off to see what the emergency is, finding out with his supervision that there is an alien spaceship headed towards Earth. Using his supervision, he peeks in and realizes... That uh, it's the Superman Revenge Squad, and they're coming to Earth to find Superboy. And they have a machine that will uh, read super thoughts. Okay, Just go with it, okay? Just just go with it. So Clark needs to not be super, or at least not have super thoughts for the next couple of days. So what does he do? He goes down to his basement with Ma Kent. And uses a super hypno wheel thing, a super hypnotizing wheel thing, to hypnotize himself. So that he, Clark Kent, does not know he's Superboy. And he hides the robots, he makes everything in the house normal as much as possible with Ma Kent. And tells Ma not to think about it, not to do anything and help and let Pa know. And and, uh, go ahead and then he does it. He hypnotizes himself. And almost instantly goes upstairs and, and is Clark Kent. He's He has no idea he is Superboy. And he thinks that's going to keep the Revenge Squad from finding him because he will not have super thoughts. I know, I know, it's a little weird, but let's go with it, okay? So now he's just normal Clark Kent. He takes off his costume. He doesn't, before he even hypnotizes, he takes off his costume, dresses as Clark, deactivates all the robots so they won't have super thoughts because... Well, the robots, that's a whole other story. We'll do that eventually. But the robots, turns them off, turns all of his other stuff off, and then hypnotizes himself. And it's supposed to last for 48 hours or so. So then later at school, in the library, while uh, there's Clark and Lana and Pete sitting at a table, looking at books. And uh, Clark is just saying, wow, Superboy is so amazing, and just rattling on and on about Superboy, Superboy, Superboy. Pete says, something is very weird here with him doing that. That's kind of weird. And then later, as Pete and Clark are, um, you know, leaving school, you hear the thing, men, stop, jailbreak, stop them, stop. Well, Pete sees this and is wondering why Clark is not doing something. And all Pete can think of is for some reason, Clark doesn't know he's Superboy or is forgotten or something is wrong, but he knows he's Superboy. So Pete sneaks off and goes into an alley and changes into his spare Superboy costume and puts the mask on. And Clark followed and watched. So now Clark thinks Pete is Superboy. And as Clark is watching the bank robber or the the jailbreak, Superboy, in quotes, comes up behind Clark and basically asks him if he wants to help him, uh, you know, catch those crooks. What? Me? But I don't have power You you. Well, Pete does a couple of things that is pretty interesting. He grabs Clark and says, come on out here. Let's go. So he uses Clark as a shield, telling Clark that he's actually uh, using his heat vision to melt the bullets or something that they won't hurt him or something. He's using an excuse, knowing that the bullets will just bounce off of Clark. Well, he does this at several times throughout the next couple of days. Every time something happens where Superboy needs to be there, Pete dons the costume, runs into the situation, and has Clark do something that makes it look like Pete has the superpowers. It's <laughs> these clever. Uh, even in the, when they get to the mountains and the snow and stuff, and uh, somebody's getting away, and Superboy needs to fly. can't fly. So he jokingly says, Clark, blow. Give me a big gust of wind here. Let's go. And Clark laughs and says, okay, Superboy, and pretends to blow when he really is. And he blows Superboy Pete all the way over to the other side of the mountain where he falls and grabs the guy. And then things happen. The mask gets busted and Clark realizes, "Uh uh-oh, Pete's secret identity is going to get out. So Clark covers for Pete as Superboy. Very funny. Very poignant also. Very meta very any word you want to use for it it's so cool that now the tables have turned and clark is protecting pete's secret identity so this happens time and time again and i just love the the i want to say serendipity but it's not serendipity the the flip the twist the you know the juxtaposition the flipping of the very thing that superboy's best friend pete ross was doing for superboy and clark Clark is now doing for Pete because he thinks he's Superboy and keeping his secret identity. It's just just such a terrific little a little tale. Yeah. And uh towards the end after Pete does several things of saving a girl on the uh on the uh ski slopes thanks to Superboy pretending or Clark not knowing he's actually helping. But uh uh next after another couple of days the the hypnotism wears off. Uh, Superboy uses, the real Superboy uses his supervision to see that the Revenge Squad has gone, uh, no harm done, but he doesn't remember anything that's happened over the last couple of days, so he doesn't know that Pete saved his butt. And we see the last panel with, uh, back at school with Pete in the cafeteria, I guess, eating lunch, and he sees Superboy flying by and thinking to himself, well, good, everything seems to be back to normal. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And George Papp's artwork is good. I, uh, You know, he was the Superboy artist, as I said. And and he tells a good story through his artwork. He has plenty of expression. Uh, his S-Shield is unique, as most of the artists were in that day. It was basic, the same basic S. But uh, put them next to each other, and I'll tell you which one did what. Whether it's Wynn Mortimer, Wayne Boring, uh, Kurt Swan, George Papp. I mean, there's so many of them. Uh, Kurt Schaffenberger, his S is different. They all had a little different, so that you could tell almost just by looking at the S-Shield, who the artist is. But I've always liked George Papp's artwork, so <clears throat> that's a that's a pretty interesting thing for Pete to do. Using Clark, knowing that something must be wrong, because Clark doesn't know he's Superboy, but I know he's Superboy. So whatever's going on, I'll pretend to be Superboy and use Clark, and get Clark to use his superpowers without thinking about using his superpowers, because that's the trick. He can't. Superboy can't think about being super because his super thoughts would give him away. So he has to constantly be reminding himself. Well, Clark isn't reminding anything. He's been hypnotized. So all he has to remember is he's not Superboy. He doesn't even have to remember that. He has no idea who Superboy is. Now thinking it's Pete Ross. Just so much fun. And we see the Superboy Revenge Squad. Uh, a bunch of aliens in a spaceship coming up with a name you know we'll see them again but uh, a different group it's a different group of aliens almost every time you see the superman or superboy revenge squad um but it worked it worked uh and again this just goes to show what kind of a friend pete ross is he was putting his life in jeopardy he's not super his costume isn't going to have the bullets bounce off of him so he had to think quickly And uh, I love the end down here. There's several really good scenes. And again, George Papp redraws the famous uh, uh, camping trip scene. And then uh, and the great expressions on their faces. And then when Pete loses the mask on the hill on the snow and he can't find it, Clark runs up and gives him goggles and says, go, go, go. I'll say I'll I'll keep your secret. I'll delay them. And Pete goes uh, skiing away. It's very good. Very, very, very good. So that was Superboy number 94. And that's where I was going to stop. I was going to say, okay, now that's it. We gave a little bit of intro, who Pete is, whoever. But then he just keep going. and I think, wow, that's a good one too. I want to talk about that one, but that's a good. One. Maybe I should save it till later. Maybe not. Maybe you should do it now. I don't know. It's so hard to decide what you want to do. But I'm figuring since this is the Pete Ross episode, I don't know when I'm going to get back to Pete Ross as a special. So we'll jump from 94... From Superboy 94. So, so far we've, we've talked about 86, 90, 94, and now we're going to jump all the way up to 106. Superboy number 106. Superboy 106, a 17-page story written by Edmund Hamilton, drawn by George Papp. We need to talk about George Papp a little bit at some point because uh, he really became the Superboy artist for quite some time. Superboy 106, May of uh, 63 is when it came out. It's got a July cover date. The cover shows Pete Ross kneeling beside Superboy as he and Crypto lay there, apparently dead. Apparently. But the thought bubbles tell you what's going on. Pete's all messed up and uh, Superboy's not exactly dead. But there's a last will and testament bequeathing everything to Pete Ross, and that's on the cover With the text being the great Superboy hoax. Now, see, DC does that all the time. This would be a spectacular cover without one word on the cover. Not one thought bubble. You don't have to tell anybody. Just show this cover. And you couldn't wait to open it up. Superboy dying and Pete Ross there and trying to read the will next to him. Great Kurt Swan cover. Splash page, as we start with George Papp's artwork. Splash page shows. Superboy swooping down, picking up Clark and Lana, saving them from an avalanche. As the story starts, Pete and Lana are walking home from uh, school. When Superboy swoops down and picks up Pete, as they're flying, Pete notices that, uh, Superboy, you've only got one arm. what what what's going on? And Superboy, basically it's the ro- it's a Superboy robot, and Superboy's robot says, "Well, my arm is nothing compared to the real things." And they land in the woods where the robot explains that Superboy is dying, and he needs to see you right away. Here's getting in this capsule, and I'll take you to him. and Pete, without hesitation, runs to the capsule and says, "Of course, let's go, let's go, let's go." And the robot takes him to a planetoid where when they get there you see Superboy and Crypto on the ground in obvious pain and all of Superboy's robots seem to be smashed up in pieces all around him. Superboy explains to Pete that he was trapped here, lured here and trapped by the Superboy Revenge Squad and infected with Virus X after they killed all or smashed all of his robots. And Virus X, and then he explains to Pete that Virus X is something that only affects Kryptonians, and they were never, never able to uh, do anything about it. It has to run its course, and he's dying. He and Krypto have been infected, and he's dying. And he said, but Pete, before I die, I want to let you know I'm, uh, I want you to succeed me as super... It was me? Wow, man, why? Blah, 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 you know, as one would. And he explains to him that he needs Pete to uh, take over and follow the robot. The robot has instructions, and he'll take you to what and let you know what happens and what you need to do to become the next Superboy. And then apparently Superboy dies. Pete gets back into the space capsule. The robot takes him to somewhere in the mountains, and they rip open a. Uh, uh, and the robot rips off part of the wall. And you see inside a Superboy costume, a mask, and uh, the serum. Superboy told Pete that he needed to put the costume on. The robot says, you need to put this on and drink the serum. And it'll give you superpowers. While Pete, of course, is putting on the Superboy costume, he has a memory flashback to what? That's right, the two panels. The panel of how he saw Superboy... Or Clark changed to Superboy in the lightning and then come back. That's right. Uh, he then puts on the costume, drinks the serum, and the robot finishes explaining the story of what happens and how now that he has the powers and he's done what he has to do. He can't let the Revenge Squad have any more of the robots, so the robot self-destructs right there in front of Pete. The explosion didn't kill him, so Pete says, oh, I must have superpowers. And he does and flies off back to Earth. As he flies away the real Superboy holding Crypto under his arm using his supervision looks and watches Pete fly back to Earth and says well I hated to do that but I think it's necessary and we'll see what happens. Let's uh, get back now uh, before he does. So they fly back to Earth Superboy and Crypto Uh, they take their tunnel back to the Kents and he tells Ma and Pa Kent what he's done and Pa Kent says oh Clark, that's a little cruel sounding. Are you sure it's going to be okay? And what if something happens, or if it's... And Clark says, "Don't worry, Dad. I've given the serum has a a, a problem with it. It's going to wear off eventually." And uh, uh, Pa says, "Oh my, that's you know kind of dangerous." And Clark says, "Don't worry, I'll be watching him all the time to make sure and see what he does." I'll make sure he doesn't get hurt, and everything will be fine. Pa is not particularly, uh, I don't think Pa is crazy about the idea, but anyway, they go with it. On the uh, A few blocks away, in the Ross household, Pete Ross now has to explain to his parents. So when he gets there, he sees his father is trying to open their safe and complaining that he wished he'd gotten rid of this crummy safe, uh, and he's got some papers that he needs, and Pete says, well, since you're going to get rid of it, and he rips the door off, then explains to his parents what has happened and that he is now the new Superboy. And he says, well, wait a second, though, I got something. And uh, in a few seconds goes to his basement and creates a similar tunnel to Superboy's leading out to the woods 10 blocks away and uh, shows his parents the Superboy costume and tells them. Uh, like I said, what has happened and now that he is the new Superboy, but how he's going to hate having to tell the Kents that their son is uh, dead. <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, some, you know, he helps around the house doing dishes really fast and he's they're having dinner and stuff uh, like normal. Something happens and Pete says, I have to go and changes into his Superboy costume with mask flies off. And the Rosses are very proud of him. It happens to be a train uh, that's gotten loose, and it's got a bunch of dynamite on it. Big TNT train. Ooh, it's off the tracks. Or well, not off the tracks, it's on the tracks, but the tra- there's an end, so it's going to blow up. It's out of control, and Super, uh, Superboy, Pete, Super Pete, picks up the tracks because he says, if I just stop it, it might jolt everything, and it'll be, so I'll just pick up the tracks, and the momentum will slow down, and uh, uh, I can lay it down softly which is terrific you know so from the kent's backyard clark is watching this and thinking well that was very clever that was a nice way i made we handled his first little mission pretty well there well later in class pete hears a couple of gunshots with his super hearing and uses his telescopic vision to look out the window and see that the gunshots seem to have come from and yes they came from the kent's general store where uh, it looks like it's being held up, where they're trying to shoot the cash register open because apparently Jonathan had closed it when they uh, uh, pulled out their guns or something. And then Pete realizes he can't see through anything, so he must not actually have X-ray vision because now he's trying to look and say, well, wait a minute, why is Clark there? Because, of course, we know that he knows Clark Kent is Superboy, but Superboy... Clark Kent does not know that Pete knows that he knows he's Superboy. So, so Pete's trying to figure out, well, that must be a a Clark Kent robot, but I can't see through it. I mean, he, Pete will not accept the fact that, that even though he knows Clark is Superboy, but he, so he saw Superboy die. Therefore that must be a Clark Kent robot that he just can't see through and he can't see through anything else. And he says, but I've got to go. How am I going to get out of chem class? End of part one. (laughs) Well, it just so happens that Clark also heard the gunshots, of course, from chem class. And, um, he says, uh Oh, Pete needs a way to get out of class. So Clark feigns timidity once again, and pretends to, uh, have to faint. Oh, I'm weak. I can't stand up. I'm all dizzy. And while he's being dizzy, uh, Pete cooks up a uh, concoction of harmless smoke. It is chem class, of course. Uh, And uh, in all the confusion, sneaks out and becomes Superboy, flies over and captures the crooks and uh, takes them to jail. Does a Superboy thing. Yay! And everybody's happy. Well, since it was, you know, the general store, Jonathan and Clark uh, watched Pete, and Pete, or Superboy, was using his superpowers uh, to watch, his supervision to watch Pete from school, while, of course, Jonathan was uh, trying not to be robbed by the bad guys or shot, so he was being saved by Super Pete. Uh, Well, it just so happened that evening, the Ross family... Mr. and Mrs. (laughs) and Pete were having dinner with the kids. After dinner, and they're sitting around, and uh, Jonathan says, Oh, by the way, here's the uh, bathrobe you uh, uh, ordered when you turned in your green stamps for shopping in my store. Well, your robe came in today, and and here it is. Mr. Ross puts it on, uh, and it catches fire. Whoa, too close to the fireplace. Well, now you've got two Superboys, both in their secret identities. Neither parents know, the others know. I mean, there's, oh, what a tangled web we weave when at first we choose to deceive. So here we have, (laughs) I know, uh, this is, you know, catching fire that quick. But anyway, the rub catches fire. The two Superboys in their secret identities as Clark Kent and Pete Ross, one knowing the other not. It's wonderful, isn't it? Uh, so Clark is getting ready to secretly, you know, use a puff, a super puff to blow it out when Pete jumps up, grabs a couple of pillows from the couch, pretends to beat it out while sucking it in with his super breath in the flames and made it look like he beat it out with it. And Clark, once again, thinking to himself, see, he did a great job. I didn't have to do, you know, so... Very good and and afterward, both sets of parents, when they were separated again, were saying, "That's amazing how that happened, isn't it? Yes. Well, the next day it just happens that uh, Clark, Pete, and Lana were part of their youth group uh, giving away. It was toys for the orphans, and they were going back to the very orphanage where Martha and Jonathan adopted Clark. And the lady was still there, who worked there, and she said, oh, I remember you, Clark, look how much you've grown. I remember when, you know, when Jonathan and Martha first came here, how quickly you ran to them and jumped in their arms as if you knew them. When they're distributing the toys, giving the toys and doing the stuff, both Clark and Pete, again, Superboys, See that there's a problem in the forest that needs to be in the woods that needs to be taken care of. A lumberjack is in trouble, and he needs to get there and save the day. So once again, Clark pulls the oh, I'm so dizzy things, and and someone says, well, here you might want to run. They start to grab him. You might want to sit down. He looks like he exerted himself lifting all the boxes of toys back and forth. He looks. You better here, sit down. And while everybody's watching him again, and Pete again says, Wow, that robot is really good. He did exactly what I would have done had I seen Super Clark needing to leave to become Superboy. I know, right? So I just said. so So Pete, totally not aware that that's really Superboy there, thinking it's a robot. All I can say is Superman must have made just incredibly good robots to uh, fool people this close up well of course not this is not really a robot it's a real god anyway you know what i'm saying (laughs) so anyway pete goes off and saves the lumberjack and while he's there um uh while he's there he performs another super feat to help out the lumberjacks and this is also a very common occurrence not this exact super feat but Uh, This time, he acts like a human buzzsaw and goes through and starts topping big trees down left and right and and doing a lot of it. But that's very typical sometimes when he'll show up to save somebody from whatever it is they were doing that maybe the machinery fell or whatever. Whatever the circumstance was where Superman was needed to save the person... While there, he will often finish the job they started or exceed above whatever they were doing, finish it. So uh, uh, keeping that, you know, uh, that thing going, Superboy cuts down a ton of trees for them. Meanwhile, Pete was thinking that, oh, by the way, the serum was supposed to make Pete uh, even more powerful than Superboy. That, because since he was not from Krypton, Kryptonite would not hurt him. Okay, so he had that over Superboy, but not telling him that the serum was 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 faulty. Anyway, he's starting to lose his powers. But uh, uh, Pete decides that, you know, uh, he remembers. He says, you know, Dad, I just kind of left Superboy, you know, laying there on that meteor without a proper burial or anything. So, and he says, you know, so he's asking his dad about pyramids and how to build them and stuff. And his dad was saying, well, nobody really knows about how the Egyptians, you know, and their slaves were able to do what they did. But uh, here's our best knowledge of it or whatever. But uh, Super Pete figures it out. And then uh, because he was being spied on by the real Superboy, so he calls Crypto and says, oh, hey, buddy, we got to go back to the meteor. Pete's got a plan. Pete does that. He, he, you know, he gets back up there and he builds this big pyramid uh, tomb around Superboy and Crypto. so that no, you know, it would be a big monument. But then he says, "Gee, what if the Phantom Zone bad guys get out someday? Which they might. Phantom Zone people, you know. Hey, Superman 2, Phantom Zone, Zod, you know, they got out." Sometimes they get out of the Phantom Zone, so Pete thinking, you know, what if they get out of the Phantom Zone? Well, Superboy's dead, so there's nothing that can hurt him now. So Pete turns the pyramid into kryptonite, green kryptonite. So now he's actually killing Superboy inside because he thinks he's already dead. So the Phantom Zone happens to be that, you know, they show the Phantom Zone people watching all of this, and they're laughing. They said the dumb idiot, the fool. By trying to save him from us, he's actually killing him. <laughs> so, being stupid Phantom Zone people, they decide to communicate with Pete uh, telepathically. And they can do that somehow, periodically, when the plot needs it. Uh, later in the Silver Age, it was only... Uh, you could only use crystal, the crystal kryptonite that was part of uh, the, the Jewel Mountains of Krypton. Uh, you could use that as a portal, a way to talk, and sometimes escape from the crypt, uh, from the Phantom Zone. But anyway, uh, they as a group use their mental abilities to scream at Pete and tell him what a fool he is because, you know, how bright criminals are when they feel like, you know, I'm going to tell you everything in the last minute so that you can save the day. That's not what they have in mind, but it is what they're going to do. Anyway, they, laughing at him, Tell him what has happened, and now you've done it. You've encased and really killed Superboy, and you have lost the power of flight, which he had. The powers are starting to leave him now. He has some uh, uh, vision powers and some strength powers, but his super flight now he can't get back. He's he's trapped. He can't get back to the pyramid. So he puts together one of the robots, fixes the robot, and tells the robot what to do. The Superboy robot then. Uh, destroys the pyramid, saves Superboy, and all is dead, uh, there. And Superboy, uh, then back to normal, tells the story to Pete, and thanks him, and says that uh, it's nice to know that if anything happens to me, that uh, You'll be a uh, you'll be the one to take over. I, I feel good about that. That's really good. And he said, uh, "So I, I'm I'm really happy for that." But in spite of you being my good friend and all, there's still one thing I'll never ha- be able to tell you, Pete, and that's my secret identity. Right. And Pete, of course, is thinking, "No problem, dude. <laughs> Got you covered." <laughs> Pete Ross, amazing. 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 I love that story. Uh, 17 pages at Hamilton. Uh, George Papp does a great job of telling the story again through his artwork. I know some people complain about Silver Age artwork. It's too static. It's too this. It's too that. It's boring. Uh, and they don't mean Wayne boring, you know, but uh, uh, to me, it's it's, you know, it's ah to the eyeball. It's that. Oh, yeah. This is familiar. This is good. I like this. This flows. So I liked George powell I, I have no problem with George Papp. Um, I have some. I have some problem with all artists except Kurt Swan, of course. But <laughs> um, so anyway, that's Pete Ross. Pete Ross, best friend ever. Uh, this is a good uh, a good story to to end that on. And you know, talking about Pete just for a second, I don't think he's ever done that. He's never been portrayed in live action properly, not like he should be. Uh, I can only actually think off the top of my head without hitting the keyboards. I can only think of two times uh, off the top of my head where there's even been a live action Pete Ross. And one was in Man of Steel, uh, which. as a kid was fine, as the grown-up was not. He was kind of played for humor a little bit there. You know, As just a, a maybe a deep cut for Superman fans. But it would have been nice to have a, a better portrayal of Pete as an adult. And Smallville. Smallville. I, I had high hopes for Smallville with Pete Ross as an original character there. But it went exactly 180 from what Pete Ross should have been. In the comics, of course, once Pete Ross finds out the secret identity, he keeps it to himself and uses that information to help Clark and Superboy. In Smallville, there, Pete Ross couldn't handle the information. It freaked him out. He had to get away, so bye. I don't know what behind the scenes contractually and all that stuff may have led to writing him off the show or whatever, or him deciding he wanted to leave or them deciding they wanted to go a different direction. I don't know, but uh, you've got a character named Pete Ross. He finds out that uh, uh, the Tom Welling Clark Kent has these powers, and at first it's kind of cool. Then he starts thinking about it, and he can't actually handle the information. So uh, that's an that's another way to go. It was an interesting take, but it wasn't Pete Ross, and uh, that that's what bothered me about about that. But that's the Pete Ross that I know and that I like. What whatever your thoughts are on Pete, send them. Let me know, Bob at SupermanForever.com. dot But uh, I, I know that there, they that Pete Ross made a comeback in the post crisis, but I'm not as familiar. I don't remember. As much about how they handled him as uh, as obviously I do about this particular Pete Ross. So, uh, very good. Very good. Pete Ross, Superboy's best friend. On the next episode of the Superman Forever radio podcast, we're going to take a little trip uh-huh. to the bottled city of Kandor. See you next time. Right. Superman is based on the original character appearing in Superman Magazine and Action Comics. Superman, created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster. Copyright DC Comics. Superman Forever Radio. Executive producer J. David Weeter. Thanks, Dave, for keeping the lights on, the website humming, and the behind-the-scenes magic of the RSS and HTML. My name is Bob Fisher. That's about it. We're going now. Okay, really, I'm going now. I'm going now. Credits. So that was it. Did I do the credits? I did the credits. Superman is based on the original. Kid. Yeah, I did all that, and I did that. There was a new credit. Did you hear the new credit? Should have been there from from the beginning. But uh, uh, sometimes you just don't think of stuff. You just don't even. You know, you just go about doing whatever you were doing and how it started. And you don't even think. You just keep going that way. The other day I was sitting and thinking think, you know, that's, you know, that's crazy. There should be, you know, some credit for. Uh, you know, keeping the lights on and, and uh, uh, updating the supermanforever.com website for doing all the other secret magic RSS and HTML and all that stuff to make sure that the uh, actual podcast gets out to the world after I upload it. So, what do you call that person? That's an executive. That's an executive producer right there. That's what the guy does. And can't thank him enough. I think executive producer really fits. I really, really like that. Okay. Love you, man.